We've talked about the Portland Trailblazers and multiple NBA teams that could be possibly trading for Jeremy Grant in the offseason. But could the Minnesota Timberwolves become a team that could possibly be interested in Jeremy Grant this offseason? We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We're on our way to 3,000 subscribers, continuing to show Lockdown that we're the best and fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. So, again, if you haven't already, if you want to find the best way to support the podcast, head over to the YouTube channel, Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. So, we've talked about Jeremy Grant being traded to multiple different teams. Obviously, I think we've all come to the conclusion that the Portland Trailblazers at this moment in time, now things can obviously change, but at this moment, the Portland Trailblazers seem to be the front runners for Jeremy Grant in the offseason. Jeremy Grant, we've talked about it, it's close with Damian Lillard. They got this trade exception they possibly could try to use to get Jeremy Grant. They made this room to try to rebuild around Dame, and Dame, again, is close with Jeremy Grant. They had really good connections with the USA team. Dame was one of the big reasons why Jeremy was on the USA team. Like, it's been rumored for a long time that Portland's trying to go after Jeremy Grant eventually in this offseason. However, one of you guys tweeted at me a potential trade that I actually did not find too terrible. I, I, I thought it was actually a pretty decent trade. And I didn't know about this rumor that had apparently come across NBA news, but now I am aware of it. The Portland, not the Portland Trailblazers, the Minnesota Timberwolves will be interested in trading their point guard, D'Angelo Russell, this offseason after he struggled in their first round matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies, in which they lost in six games. So the trade that was posed to me by one of you guys, I forget who it was, but it was D'Angelo Russell and Jaden McDaniels in a first round pick for Kelly Olenek and Jeremy Grant. Would I do this trade? 100%, I'd do this trade. Now, I, I don't know why Minnesota would do this trade, But I would do this trade. Uh, I really like Jaden McDaniels. We'll talk a little bit about him. Obviously, you're getting a first-round pick, which I think is major. And I also, I'm I'm a fan of D'Angelo Russell. So that trade in and of itself that you guys, one of you guys sent to me, I would do that trade. But now let's separate that trade and just look at it from, you know, take a step back a little bit. Would the Pistons or should the Pistons be interested in D'Angelo Russell? Yes. I think the Pistons would be interested in D'Angelo Russell. This is why. Or Jaden McDaniels, if you want to try to go with the D'Angelo Russell and get Jaden McDaniels and possibly a pick or something like that with a trade that, like you guys suggested, go after them. I really like Jaden McDaniels. So let me talk about Jaden McDaniels real quick first. He's a 6'9 guy, long, athletic guy, power for wing kind of guy, really nice defender, athletic. He took a step back this year, three-point-wise. He shot 36% his rookie year, but 31% this year. But in the playoffs, he was a big Big contributor for the Minnesota Timberwolves in their six games against Memphis. He shot 50% from the uh, three-point line, 53% from the field. He averaged 1.8 blocks a game. He was just a real key piece of their playoff rotation. If you were watching the games, he was really a, an important fact or an important piece of their playoff rotation in that series. 
So I really like Jay McDaniels. I think Jay McDaniels could be, like we've been talking about in the podcast the last few weeks, you know, with, with him to the yellow and Frank Jackson, we might want to cycle those guys out with someone else. Well, I think Jay McDaniels would be a good guy to cycle him in with. Right now he's going to be getting paid $2.1 million. He has a team option that the Pistons would need to pick up uh, or the Timbles have to pick up to trade him. He, that would be worth $3.9 million. So that's right around the ballpark of what Frank Jackson and Hamadou Diallo make. You could just cycle those guys out. And I think Jay McDaniels would be a guy that you would rather have on your roster at this point and test out. I also think he would be a nice Troy Weaver guy. I think Troy Weaver would like him. He's longer. He's taller. He's athletic. He plays defense. Like, I think he's a type of Troy Weaver guy. So I think Troy Weaver would really like Jay McDaniels. But let me talk about why I like D'Angelo Russell and why I think the Detroit Pistons should go after or should possibly be interested. Maybe not just go all out after him, but I think they should be interested in D'Angelo Russell. Now, this past season, he took a step back shooting-wise. He shot um, 34% from deep, but it was on eight attempts. The previous three seasons, though, he shot, excuse me, he shot 37%, 37%, and 39% from deep on seven to eight attempts, 9.6 attempts, and seven 7.4 attempts from deep. So, he took a little bit of a step back this year, but before the last, before this year, the last three seasons, he was a really knockdown shooter on high volume. So I think that's really good to have. And we've talked about this a few times in the podcast that the Pistons need to figure out what kind of team they want to build around Cade. And if they want to have a ball handler type next to him, a guy who can also hand the ball in their hands and score the ball, which it seems like that's what they want because they've been linked to Jalen Brunson. They've been linked to Colin Sexton. So it seems like that's what they want. D'Angelo Russell fits that archetype perfectly as well, except he's a better playmaker than both of those guys. Now, he's probably a worse defender than Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson at least tries. Uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but Jalen Brunson tries a little bit harder, I'd say, than D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell and Kyle Sexton, I'd say, are both of the same par defensively. Um, but D'Angelo Russell is a much better playmaker than both those guys. He's a better passer. He has better vision. And then let me read you some of his – I'm looking at a synergy chart right now. This dude – now, while he's not the most efficient scorer out there, the Duke can score the ball. He's, he can absolutely score the ball. He can put the ball in the hoop. He hits tough shots. As a pick-and-roll ball handler, he was in the 73rd percentile. Very good, according to Synergy. In isolation, he was in the 83rd percentile, which is rating of uh, excellent. Off handoffs, he was in the 92nd percentile. Excellent. So this is a dude who is capable of going to get his own shot. He's capable of hitting tough shots. He's able to shoot the ball from deep, shoot the ball from mid-range. He has a really nice floater game. Um, where is it right here? Yeah, on all runners this past season, he shot 70. Uh, he was in the 70th percentile, which is very good, according to Synergy. Around the basket, he was in the 74th percentile, including non-post-ups. 74th percentile, which is very good. This dude could flat out just put the ball in the basket. And again, like I said, he has better playmaking chops and will actively look to get a guy an open shot or hit a nice lob to a guy or dump off. Like he's looking for those kind of things. He has really good vision. So defensively, he's taking a step back, but that's the kind of build that it seems like the Pistons are wanting to put next to Cade. And one of the, another reason why I'd be interested in D'Angelo Russell is he fits that archetype and he's only on a contract for one more year. He's getting paid $31 million and is in an expiring contract. God, that was a mouthful, but if the Pistons want to figure out how they want to build around Kane, they want to test this out, they can get D'Angelo Russell for this year, see how that works out. Do they like the way that works, having a score ball handler type next to Cade? Cade. If they like it, they could potentially try to sign D'Angelo Russell to an extension. If things play well with D'Angelo Russell, again, they can sign him to an extension. But if they don't like how it went with D'Angelo Russell and they don't think that this is the right way to build around Cade, or if they simply just don't think 
D'Angelo Russell was the right fit next to Kay Cunningham. Then you can let D'Angelo Russell walk. You got a first round pick and Jay McDaniels, which I think is two, which is two pretty good pieces. And you get $31 million in cap space freed up. So it's not like you're tying up long-term money to guys like you would Colin Sexton and Jalen Brunson, which again, you guys know, I don't want to get those two guys. I would rather go after D'Angelo Russell. You can take this next season to test it out. Will this build work next to Kay Cunningham? Do you like the way D'Angelo Russell fits with Kay Cunningham? You also got Jay McDaniels in the first, by the way, that's two big pieces, but you can see how D'Angelo Russell works. Does he fit next to Kay? Do you like it? And if you don't, you can let him walk and you're not stuck to him for years to come. But if you do, you can talk to him about a contract extension. You can try to sign him long-term. And then you have another piece in your backcourt with Kay Cunningham, who's a really damn good scorer and can go get the buckets himself. Actually, I think it's a nice trade. I, I would do it. Not, not, no joke. Now, I'm a bigger fan of D'Angelo Russell than a lot of people are. Now, he did struggle in the past playoff series against the Memphis Grizzlies. But overall, D'Angelo Russell's a pretty damn good player. I know people, he's, he's kind of fallen out of love with a lot of people. Because he's not that efficient of a scorer, you can miss me with that. I he can he can score the ball. He can put the ball in the bucket. Outside this past year, when he took a step back from long range of thirty four percent, he's been an excellent shooter over the past three years on high volume. He's capable of hitting tough shots. He's a clutch player. Again, he struggled this past series against the Grizzlies, but if the Timberwolves are willing to give him up and they like Jeremy Grant, a piece with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns moving forward as a guy who can play defense and can play that, you know, third role offensively. If they like that, I think this would be a perfect trade for the Pistons. I think they could get take a swing on a guy that could potentially be a long-term piece without having to commit long-term money. You can basically take this year as a test route. And if it does work out, sign him to an extension. If it doesn't, you could possibly trade him at the trade deadline as, a, as an expiring, or you could just let him go after this year, and you still have $31 million to work with in free agency. I think it's a win-win. I'd do it. Let me know what you guys think about it in the comment section down below. I'm a fan of it. Whoever, whichever one of you guys suggested this trade, I really like this trade. You guys are probably getting killed by some people because people don't really like D'Angelo Russell, but I really like it. I think this would be a win trade for the Pistons. When we come back, we'll talk about Killian Hayes. You guys know on the podcast, we've talked a few, quite, quite a few podcasts, actually. We've mentioned that we want Killian Hayes to work with cage trainer Ashton but do we get some news that potentially says that he's just not interested in doing that? And what does that mean? We'll talk about that in today's episode of the podcast coming up. But first, I had to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Price Picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try their award-winning app, Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I know you love I I love this, and we know that you will too. You pick two to five players and an over-under in their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Price Picks is safe, and it offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Price Picks offers any op- any prop you can think of, from points scored, rebounds, and even steals. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries as well. So, like, during the football season, I'd always take the under on Jared Goff's passing yards, but the over on Kay Cunningham's points. You can do stuff like that. It's not just NBA and NFL. You can do college football, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. And for a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a singular point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA fifty dollars for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a singular point. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, AG One. 
Now, I started taking athletic greens because I wanted to feel a little bit healthier. I want to have better gut health. I want to have more energy. You know, all those things. I didn't want to take all kinds of pills, vitamins. You know, I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. Now, I've been on it for a few weeks now, and I absolutely love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste I actually look forward to eating each morning. So what is this stuff you're probably wondering? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients includes your gut supports, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of these type of things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while t- still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your daily cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop, in, one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/mba-network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com/mba-network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, I'd like to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that Lockdown Pistons subscribe over there. I'd really appreciate it. Again, it's the best way to support the podcast, continuing to show Lockdown the way the best and fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. So again, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. So on the podcast, we've mentioned it a few times. I have something in my eye that's really bugging me over the past few minutes. I can't get it out. Anyways, we've talked about on the podcast quite a few times that, you know, I think it was a few months ago in like January or so, I believe that Ashton, the trainer that's become famous in the Pistons community because he's Kate's cousin slash his trainer, and he's been very active in the Pistons community on Twitter. He said something like, I see it in Killian Hayes. I really want to get my hands on Killian Hayes' offseason while I work with him, blah, blah, blah. And ever since then, me and all the Pistons community has been like, oh, Ashton, are you working with Killian? Uh, Killian is Killian going to come with you guys to some of these pro runs? Is he working with you guys? Blah, 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 all this stuff. We've been bugging and bugging and bugging and bugging about it. Well, today Ashton tweeted out that the Pistons are working basically is what he said. And he mentioned that they were just at a run yesterday. And he also said that next month he will be posting little clips from these runs, from these little workouts that are happening on his Instagram uh, for all the Pistons fans to see what the Pistons players are included, obviously in the clips. And this obviously caused me to tweet at him and be like, listen, you need to tell me, man, is Killian working out with you guys? Are, are you getting your hands on Killian? Are you training with him? Is he, you know, are you, are you getting to work with him? And some, one of you guys, showed me a tweet underneath that apparently Aston said yesterday that Killian has not hit him up. So no, he is not working with him this off season. And in the Pistons community, everyone was upset. Everyone was, was mad. I said, GG's is what it is. Like everyone was sad because everyone wants Killian to be working with Ashton, the trainer. Everyone loves Ashton. 
So is this a bad thing? What, what, how, how should Pistons fans feel about this? Because a lot of people actually were pretty disappointed on Twitter when I saw this. So is this a big deal? Listen, man, I want Killian to work with Ashton, but it's not a big deal at all, guys. It's it's literally not a big deal at all. One, this does not mean I've already seen a few people say it. It's not many people. I've seen a few, few people say it. This does not mean Killian does not want to put in the work. It does not mean he doesn't care about training basketball. Listen, Killian probably has his own trainers that he wants to work with. He's probably went back overseas to France to work with his trainers. He may even be in Detroit still. And the GM in the front office, Troy Weaver, Dwayne Casey, they may have a different type of trainer or a different type of workout or, or plan that they want him going by and may not include Ashton. Like Ashton is not the only trainer out there. He's a good trainer. He's Kay's guy. Obviously, he's been great in the community. He listens to all the podcasts. He might be listening to this one right here. He's very fun. He's a very good guy, and he's part of Cade's group that is really trying to bring life to Detroit. So we all love him. We all respect him, all that stuff. But Killian does not need to go to work with him in order for us to feel like that he's actually putting in work this offseason. It was a good dream. It was a good, like, little fun hypothetical, like, oh, if if Aston could just get his hands on Killian Hayes and give him some of what Cade has, he might be a superstar, like, oh, blah, blah. But realistically – that was always like kind of a pipe dream. Now I, I'd be kind of shocked to be honest. I will say this: I'll be kind of shocked if Killian doesn't get in any pro runs with Cade, because one of the things Killian said to end the season was that he wanted to, you know, he wanted to play a lot of pickup basketball against other NBA players, other great NBA players, and that's how he felt he needed to improve. And Dwayne Casey kind of echoed those sentiments, said that you know there's no better way of getting better than playing against guys who are better than you in that same league and competitive runs trying you know i'll be kind of surprised if you don't see killian at any of cage pro runs maybe killian has some other runs he's going at but i'd be really shocked if you don't see almost every piston piston player that matters going to some of these runs with Cade that they're having apparently i believe aston is having them in in texas i think i believe that's where all these all these runs that they're they're having are taking place so i'd be shocked if you didn't see killian down there but I, I just thought this was a topic that needs to you know, be discussed a little bit because this was a very – Aston is very famous in the Pistons community now. And when it was said that he's not working with Killian and Killian didn't reach out, it literally blew up in the Pistons community, blew up on Pistons Twitter, and everyone was just like, oh, my God, what's going on, blah, blah. Again, it's not that big of a deal. Killian has his own trainer he probably trusts. The Pistons – you know damn well the Pistons gave him a workout plan and discuss what they want him to do this offseason and probably told him where to go and who they want him working with, all those kind of things. So he, you don't have to worry about him not putting work in. If there's one thing I'll say about Killian Hayes, whether he becomes great or not, I don't question his work ethic. This dude went from looking like 205 pounds to 225 in one offseason. He's putting a ton of work in. He's worked all last offseason with John Beeline. We had that confirmed by him, John Beeline, and Dwayne Casey. I'm not worried about it. It's not that big of a deal, guys. It really isn't. I'm sure it would have been a lot of fun. It would have been cool for all of us if they actually did work together and Killian went to work with Ashton and Kate. It would have been cool, but it's not that big of a deal. I don't really care for it. It's, it's seriously not that big of a deal. So just want to talk about that real quick. Well, when we come back, let's discuss some of the playoffs that have taken place over the last few days. We'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. But first, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for our betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year's NLF futures. 
BetOnline is a continuous source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today and or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. And if you head over to their website right now, you will see that it's not just basketball and it's not just football. You have all kinds of things that you can go over and have fun with. You got boxing, golf, hockey, horse racing, martial arts, soccer, tennis, and all kinds of other things that you can go over there and have fun using. So again, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. Online, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Nearing in on 3,000 subscribers. Continuing to show Lockdown that we have the best and fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. So again, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. There's a few things I want to say real quick from the first segment about the uh, D'Angelo Russell trade. Um, one, I'm not saying that they absolutely that he should be like high on the radar. I do think it would be an interesting trade, though. I, that's all I'm saying. I think it would be an interesting idea to go after him, and it would make sense from multiple standpoints, in my opinion. That's one. Two, we're eventually going to talk about this, but I've completely moved to the Detroit Pistons. I'd rather them just not do any big signings at all. We talked about it last week, but we're going to continue to dive into that and start talking about some more lower-key guys to go after in free agency or possible other moves that they could make. Because I've almost talked – I'm pretty sure I've talked myself completely out of going after Jalen Brunson, uh, Miles Bridges. DeAndre I'd welcome by I highly doubt Phoenix lets him go. I'm definitely talking myself out of Colin Sexton. Like, I don't think the Pistons should spend money this offseason that big like that. So we'll talk about that eventually in the future. And also – Wanted to update you guys. Locked On is having a mock draft, and I made the selection for the Locked On Pistons channel today. You guys will see in the future. We'll dive in. I should say in the future, we'll dive into a bigger episode strictly about this player. But I just wanted to notify you guys who we did pick. We picked Shade On Sharp. Now, he is obviously the guy that did not play college basketball. I don't know a ton about him. I know a little bit about what obviously where he's played in high school and some of the things people like about him, but I thought he, we fell down to number four, by the way, in this mock draft. And after homegrown was gone, after Ben Carroll was gone, after Jabari Smith was gone and number four, I thought, you know what, let's make this interesting and let's, let's go ahead and take a swing. We're going to go with sharp here. And the reason why I did that one, I thought it'd be interesting. I'm going to keep it a buck. And two, I want the next episode we've done. Paolo Bencaro, we've done Chet Holmgren. Now I want to go into Sharp because I feel like he's I'm, – I'm going to have some people on to talk about Sharp because he seems like one of the more what, – what's the right word? I don't want to say controversial, but interesting prospects out there because he doesn't have college tape, and there's a lot of people who don't really like him I've seen, and there's a lot of people who are really high on him, and there's a lot of people saying, well, I don't really know how to evaluate him because you, you know, all we have is really high school tape. like. We're going to have an episode coming up soon. Just stay tuned for that. We're, and coming up soon, we will be talking about Sharp, and we'll have some guys on here to tell us everything we need to know about him. But I just want to let you guys know, we did fall to four in the mock draft with Locked On, and I appreciate on Sharp. Let me know what you guys think down below. Those three guys were off the board. Jabari Smith, Paolo Bencaro, Chet Holmgren. If you guys disagree with who I picked, 
Let me know in the comment section down below if you guys agree with it. If you guys have anything you want to tell me about Sharp before we get some guys on here and before I do some more deep diving into him, again, let me know that also in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kooky Hill. Um, but before we wrap up the podcast, I just want to take a little time to talk about the NBA playoffs right real quick. I know it's a Pistons podcast, but there's no way you can sit here and tell me that none of you guys are watching the playoffs or have any interest in the playoffs as they're going on right now. So I don't know about you guys. I also want to hear what you guys' thoughts are about this Memphis-Golden State series. This seems to be just – this went from one of the more fun series to be watching to just all about both teams trying to prove what breaking the code is apparently. Like, it, it's not even fun to watch it, but I think Golden State is going to go up 3-1 tonight. I'm recording this at 9, so they play in an hour. I think they're going to go, go, go up 3-1 and get Memphis out of there. As of my recording right now, Milwaukee's up by 2. I think they're going to – end up going up 3-1 as well, closing out Boston. I think we're eventually going to get a Phoenix, Golden State Warriors, Conference Finals, and Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm not going to lie, I think Philly pulls it off against Miami. Now that Joel Embiid's back, I think Philly pulls it off against Miami. We get Boston, Philly in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Phoenix, Golden State in the Conference Finals in the West. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, I've said this multiple times already, but I think these playoffs should serve as a notice to Pistons fans that the Pistons have a window over the next few years, over the next 10 years, I feel like, over the next seven, you know, five to seven years, is because the NBA has more parity now than I feel like it ever has. Like, we don't know. We Coming into the playoffs, we had obviously Phoenix was, you know, seemed like the best team all regular season, but no one was saying that they were the runaway favorites. They went six games with the New Orleans Pelicans in the first round. Like, the NBA is so deep with talent, so deep with star talent, that – I really, I've said before, I think there should be expansion, expansion draft because I like add two more teams because that's just how much talent is in the NBA now. There's not, you know, super teams all over the place anymore. There's stars. Almost every team has a star and almost all those teams have like a significant supporting. The ones that with a good supporting cast, they all have a chance. Like, for example, New Orleans, they had Brand Egram and a good supporting cast around them. Look at that. They almost beat the Suns. They took a six games with Zion. They who knows what will happen? There's all kinds of talent in the NBA. And I feel like at this point where we're at in the NBA, is that as long as you have the guy, which the Pistons do, if you can surround them with complimentary pieces, you can win any given night. Like it's just a matter of really three-point shooting, to be honest. This is what I think. If you're able to hit threes and surround your star with the right guys, you can win any given night. And my overall point is it's just – there's no clear favorites anymore. Like I feel like the last two years, there hasn't been like a clear odds on favorite that everyone just thinks, Oh, it's about to blow through everybody. I think Brooklyn was that at one point, but I think people were always stupid for thinking that they suck at defense. They don't play it. It's not going to happen. And Kyrie Irving hasn't had a great playoff run since he was carried by LeBron James. So I think the Pistons should be looking at this as like, look, the NBA is wide open. We have a chance. Like, I know for a few years there with Golden State, everyone was just like, well, Dover try. Just kick it kick it down because you have no chance. That's not the case now. The NBA has more parity than I've seen in so long. I don't think I've ever seen this much parity. So I think the Pistons will have a window for like the next five to seven years to try to build something and become a legitimate contender in the East and be serious out there without having to make a super team. They won't need to have a super team with like three superstars. I don't think you have to do that anymore. I think the NBA is changing back into more spread out talent and just building a good team around them. I lot what Dallas is doing. And I like I said, with the Pelicans, Miami doesn't have one multiple superstars. Philly has Joel Embiid, James Harden. I don't think is a superstar anymore. And they just surround them with some guys. 
Memphis, John Morant, surround him with some guys. Golden State obviously has their multiple stars, but Giannis, he doesn't have Chris Milton right now, but he's built around a lot of good guys. Like I just feel like the talent's so deep, you don't need a super team anymore to compete. I think that should mean great things for the Pistons, make Pistons fans feel really good looking into the future. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Let me know what you guys think about the trade we discussed at the beginning and whether the Pistons should be interested in D'Angelo Russell if he is indeed, according to Mark Stein, made available this offseason. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Cookie Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, make sure you make Lockdown NBA your second listen of every single day. From the first jump ball at the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals, Lockdown experts take you deep inside the playoffs with inside analysis affecting all 30 teams. And until the next one, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the playoffs. Have fun out there. Stay safe. Catch you guys in the next one.